0: Hello and welcome back to Let's Talk Title with Emerald Coast Title Services. I'm president of ECTS and host, Dion Moniz.
1: And I'm Ashley Bowen, um, a licensed title agent and director of operations and the co-host.
0: Yes. (laughs) All right. So today we're going to talk about short term rentals and how you should uh, address them in the contract for the purchase of real estate.
1: Mm -hmm. So for many years, short term rentals were not addressed in the contract at all. Right. It was just, um, I think, 2021, whenever they, November of no, whenever they added a short-term rental rider right. language about it.
0: So, yeah, previously, FARBAR had a section that applied to long-term rentals. CRISP didn't have anything. But in November of 2021, they revised FARBAR to now reference short-term rentals as well. CRISP still doesn't address it. So, for many, many reasons, which are uh, addressed in our prior episodes, we recommend the FARBAR Form of the contract instead of CRISP. But setting that aside, uh, we're going to talk about the changes that they made. Uh, well, the new rider for Firebar that addresses short-term rentals, and then some extra contract terms you should consider uh, when you're dealing with a short-term rental property. So, first let's talk about the new rider, which is rider DD, mm-hmm. uh, which is titled Section or Seasonal Slash Vacation Rentals and um,
1: make sure that you are checking your box on your contract when you're attaching writers absolutely to to attach them to the contract
0: and so what writer dd now uh, has it has two sections it has section a and section b section a is the section that uh, specifies whether the seller can or can't enter new rental agreements um,
1: continue marketing the property
0: right for rental from the effective date to the closing date.
1: So the reason that you would not want the seller to do that is I guess if the buyer was going to be occupying the home Correct. themselves.
0: Yeah, We've had situations where the buyer is buying it as a residence and the lender had problems because there were bookings already in place. And so they're like, well, it's a rental property. And the buyer's like, well, I'm not gonna rent it. And so yeah, this best, this, makes you check the box. Whereas before it had to be in the actual contract under the additional terms where you had to say, okay, seller, I'm going to buy the property. You can't do any more bookings because you're going to mess up my loan because I have to show that it's for residential purposes, not for rental. So yeah, that's a great point. So it covers that. And it also, it, it, it specifies whether the seller has to get prior approval from the buyer or doesn't have to get prior approval for the additional bookings. So you say, yes, you can get additional bookings from effective date to closing date, or no, you can't. And then if the seller can, then you further specify whether the seller can do it with or without the uh, buyer's prior approval.
1: And so the buyer would approve the rate, probably, or the length right. of time, exactly. things like
0: that. Right, okay. all right. So that's Section A under Rider DD. You want to cover Section B? or Well, you mean- Section
1: B um, just says that if it is under a management agreement, like a a seasonal rental management agreement with a vacation rental company, then the seller has to provide that management agreement to the buyer. And it also says the buyer has to stick with that management agreement through all of the rest of the bookings, doesn't it? That is... um,
0: So seller has five days from the effective date, it is specific, five days from the effective date to provide a copy of whatever management agreement is in place and then the buyer has five days to review it and decide whether to proceed with the contract or not buyer says no i'm out then emd's refundable um, but yeah so the importance of that as we have learned through our various classes is one of the big uh pinch points on this is whether the buyer is assuming uh, the rental management agreement going forward or at least for the existing bookings we've always recommended hey just stick, stick with, with it stick with it through the current <laughs> season because it's just too disruptive to try to change management companies plus most rental management agreements specifically say in there that the bookings belong to the rental company not the property owner and so that creates a whole nother issue so you're
1: going to lose all of those bookings that you already had um
0: but well the management company just says no we're not we're not moving it. we're not letting you move these bookings to another company they're ours and so This just makes it cleaner and smoother. So now if the buyer decides to proceed with the contract and close on the property with the existing management agreement in place, they have to at least stick with that management agreement or management company through those bookings that are in place as of the closing date. After that, they can change and do new bookings under a different management company. Again, we recommend you just write it out through the season. And then when it's off season, which our off season is getting smaller and smaller these days. It really is. but yeah, don't really change until off season. Then so it's just a clean break.
1: Then if there, there's, this is telling us that the buyer has to stick with the management agreement. If you use this writer, if you have, there's two other situations. You could yep. have a piece of property that is a short term rental that is not with a management company at all that is self managed, right. or you could have a prop the the buyer. Um, the property has a management agreement but the buyer is refusing to stick with that management agreement But the contract says that they have to could you i I guess you would have to then go in and do some type of revision to this contract stating that the buyer the seller and the the seller is going to help the buyer get out of that contract yeah
0: i mean yeah you can modify the contract however you want as long as both parties agree you can revise this language and do a strikeout or, or put it under additional terms so the buyer doesn't have to as long as both sides agree. But again, you're still dealing with a situation where the management company is going to say, uh-uh, those are our bookings. Um, so,
1: And we've always recommended for them to stick with it through the season. But just so everybody's aware, if the buyer doesn't want that company, you're going to have to make revisions to this document.
0: Correct. Yeah, absolutely. And
1: then the other situation is short-term rental property that is not under a management agreement that is self-managed then what
0: (laughs) yeah so great question so you're talking about they're either typically it's going to be they're running them through verbo or vrbo depending on how you want to say it or airbnb uh or truly self-managed where they're handling all the bookings themselves and so in that situation obviously section b doesn't apply Um, so if there is no management agreement there's nothing to provide I guess you could strike through it, an initial, just to make it clear uh, on on the writer.
1: But if you don't talk about those bookings on the contract, then some really hairy things can happen.
0: Yeah. And so that's the next point I want to address (laughs) is how how do you address the bookings in the contract? Because this writer alone, while it's really good, it's an improvement over what we had, which was nothing. So in addition to this writer, what you want to do is you want to put under the additional terms in the contract, who owns those bookings. Perfect example, which happened several years ago to one of our uh, real estate agent clients, but nonetheless, it was an expensive lesson. So the seller of the property that went under contract had multiple investment properties. They did not address in the contract who was going to own the bookings uh, for purposes of buyer and seller. The
1: buyer assumed they were going to be there. The buyer
0: assumed, the buyer was buying the property as an investment property, was relying on those bookings, which is around $17,000 in, in revenues that were booked as of the date of the contract.
1: Which the buyer knew about, and so obviously those numbers had been talked about.
0: Yeah, oh absolutely, <laughs> and so the buyer was counting on that. Well, as soon as it goes under contract, because the contract is silent as to who owned the bookings, Seller immediately moved those bookings from that property to one of the other investment properties. And the buyer was out $17,000, which made the agent, the buyer's agent basically relinquish part of his commission to make the buyer whole because the uh, buyer's agent realized that he made a mistake by not addressing that in the contract. So- Very
1: important to address it.
0: Yes. Very important to address. Typical language can be something as simple as buyer, uh, or all bookings up to the closing date shall remain property of the buyer <clears throat> and it, it can go on from there. It can get from, you know, it can be very simple or very complex depending on the situation and that's why we always recommend that the agents reach out to one of the lawyers in the title company, including me, mm-hmm. to get that language to put into the contract.
1: Yeah, um, I've heard that um, Far as cracking down on agents writing their own additional terms and acting as lawyers. So make sure that you call Dion. He'll help you drop that language, and then you're not practicing law.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, to give the farm crew some credit, the writer does imply that the bookings are to be property of the buyer. Otherwise, why would they put this in here as far as whether the seller can or can't, um, you know? Do more bookings between the effective date and the closing date it just but wasn't it's good not enough. clear it's not good enough <laughs> i like black and white when it comes to a contract because if there's a dispute and you go to court the judge is going to look at the four corners of the contract and if, as long as the contract is clear you've got a winner and a loser uh pretty simple if, if the contract is not clear then who knows you know how it's going to end up and then you end up spending a whole lot of money on litigation fees uh, the only ones who win a litigation are the attorneys, as I always like to say. So It's,
1: it's very important to disclose uh, everything up front um, and talk about it. You know, talk about who's going who's to keep the bookings. Are they going to stay with the property? As long as I think everybody communicates and discloses things at the beginning of the process, it will probably help any problems when you get to the closing table and the seller's stolen $17,000 for the booking.
0: Yeah. And so another thing you want to address under the additional terms is in the Verbo or Airbnb situation
1: is actual the transfer of the, the transfer
0: account. of the well because they don't allow transfer of the account so you
1: have to like
0: the seller has to cancel the bookings with his or her Verbo account and, and have then, all of
1: reach out to each individual renter to book on the new buyer yep. account which is kind of a pain in the butt but it needs to happen. And so the contract should also specify who's going to do all that legwork or that you are all going to work with each other and get it done.
0: Right. I like to put language in there that says seller shall fully cooperate with buyer to have all reservations moved to buyers, Verbo account or Airbnb account." Because again, if you don't have that language in there, it's very easy for the seller to say, Hey, I tried, you know, it's not my fault that they didn't rebook with you. If they don't act with proper diligence, then there could be a remedy there. If it says shall fully cooperate and the seller, if the seller doesn't fully cooperate and doesn't give it proper diligence to get those reservations moved from seller's account to buyer's account, then at least buyer has some teeth in the contract to either get a price reduction or declared breach, um, you know, if that's not done. Um, and there's always the risk that some renters are going to go great. I didn't want to stay at that property anyway. I was now, looking for an out. Now's my out, and there's nothing you can do about that. No. Um, uh, but you can at least minimize the risk by adding some language in the contract to address that.
1: Okay. Okay. That
0: was... So you want to make sure you address who owns the bookings uh, and what happens with those bookings uh, f- from effective date to closing date. And you, maybe you even address uh, the dates pre, pre, pre-closing and post-closing, depending on where the bookings lie, check-in date versus check-out date. Um, and then you want to address, again, seller's responsibility to move any of those uh, bookings if it's a Vrbo or Airbnb account.
1: And make sure that you use this um, writer because it talks about the future bookings and the sellers continuing to book for the future and whether the buyer can approve it or not.
0: Right, exactly.
1: And But if it's not a um, VRBO, or if it is a VRBO and not under a management agreement, you can just scratch through section B of that new writer. Yep. All right, I think... That's clear.
0: Yeah. <laughs> clear as mud. No, I think it's no.
1: <laughs> murky water.
0: <laughs> so again, I, I mean, we're hitting the high points. Again, if you're dealing with a condo or I'm sorry, a short term rental situation, uh, it's good to reach out to your friendly lawyer uh, in the title company uh, or your real estate lawyer and have them help you draft as additional terms in the contract just to make sure the buyer is fully protected. It's, really important on the buyer side. It's equally important on the seller side, just so it's clear, but it's really important for buyer uh, to make sure that's done properly. So reach out to us if you need any help. We'll be glad to assist. In the meantime, I guess we're done for this episode. So uh, yeah, be sure to follow us on social media and uh, check out our podcast, which is on our website, on YouTube, or all the podcast channels. And um, all I gotta do is Google Let's Talk Title with Ember Coast Title Services, and you should find it.
1: If you guys have any questions about anything on this episode, um, please post them and we can answer them either straight away on social media or in one of our future episodes.
0: Yes, absolutely. We love feedback. So uh, yeah, let us know what else you'd like to hear about or if you have any questions on this episode and we'll get back to you. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time.